it might surprise you to know that the reading from Paul's letters to the Corinthians we've heard proclaimed today is popular at weddings. Not quite sure exactly why. Maybe it's got because it mentions that love word. Unfortunately for brides and grooms, when they choose it, and I'm presiding over their wedding, they're in for a bit of a rude shock because I see it as an opportunity to remind them that love is not the Hollywood version. It's not the sweet, sickly, saccharine version that Hollywood portrays. Love is something much, much more dangerous, at least for those who dare to claim the title of Christian. Paul, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, is writing to the church in Corinth because the community there was disrupted by turmoil and uh, unrest. There was division within the community and Paul writes to them in that context, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, to try and sort things out. And at the very heart of his first letter to them that we hear proclaimed today, he reminds them that love is essential to our identity as Christians. Without love, we can't even claim that title. Without love, we hear, we are nothing. It doesn't matter what we say or what we do or even who we are. If we do any of that without love, we gain nothing at all. Love is the fundamental quality that identifies the Christian because it means the reasoning, the rationale behind what we say, what we do, is geared not to something that I gain, but about the wants, the needs, the benefit of the other, the one whom I love, for the mere sake that they exist as the other, which is the Christian understanding of love and something I delight in reminding brides and grooms at the end of my sermon at weddings. For Christians, to say that we are Christians, we need to operate from that place of love because first we have been lavished with love by our God. A God who loved us so much that he sent his only son that we might believe in him and have eternal life. A love that is represented very clearly and powerfully every time we look at a cross. We see there the fulfilment of God's love for us, a love that took Jesus to the cross and to the grave and to resurrection for us. And having had that love lavished on us, we are called to lavish that love on others. If we do not, then the love that we have received means nothing to us. So we are called to operate from that place of love because we have first been loved. We are called to act in love because first we have been the recipient of the greatest act of love known to humankind. We are called to speak in love because God spoke the word into being because of love. And we are called to live in love simply because God has loved us. If we don't love, then no matter what we do, no matter what we say, no matter who we are, it's nothing. We might as well pack up and go home now. But if we wish to be worthy of the title of Christian, which we come to this place each and every Sunday to claim for as our own, 
we are called to revel in the love that we have received and then be prepared to lavish that love on others in everything we say, everything we do, in every fibre of our being. To do anything less is to throw that love we have received back in the face of God. So as we gather here once more to revel in the love we have received, let's be prepared to lavish that love on others, not just those who are gathered with us here, but those who are outside this building today those who are in the world who don't yet know the power of God's love, have not yet heard of the great story of love that has been lavished upon us. We are called to lavish that on others generously so that we might be worthy of the title of Christian, that we might be worthy of the love that we have received from our God. So let's be about that. Let's not just come here and say God is wonderful, we know that, but let's be prepared to go outside this place and lavish God's love on others because first we have received it.